Empower Radio presents Out of the Fog. Join intuitive guide and spiritual teacher Karen Hager for lively, positive conversation with lightworkers, healers, and dynamic wisdom keepers. Get ready for inspiration and connection. This is Out of the Fog on Empower Radio. Here's your host, Karen Hager. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. Is being psychic incompatible with also being a Christian? Well, author, coach, and Christian psychic Jennifer Lonberg is here today, and she's going to open up about her intuitive experiences and why we don't need to be afraid of our spiritual gifts. Are you ready to meet her? Jennifer Lonberg is a Christian psychic, intuitive life coach, and author. As a leader in the self-discovery movement, she's passionate about helping people find healing and transformation to create the life they've always dreamed. Her new book is The Secret Experiences of a Closet Psychic. You can find out more about Jennifer and her work at jenniferlonberg.com. Jennifer, welcome to Out of the Fog. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm glad that you're, I'm glad that you're here, so you're out of the closet, I guess. Yeah, I am. Okay. My, it's funny to say that. My daughter's like, Mom, that sounds so bad. I'm like, well, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> have you always known you were psychic? I have. It, it was one of those things that I've always been intuitive. I've always, I've always seen Jesus and the angels from, I mean, I don't ever remember, remember a time that I didn't. We'll just put it that way. I don't remember a time that I didn't see that. Um, I've always had a, like a knowing um, and I always saw things that were not of this realm, we'll say. Um, and when I was younger, it was one of those things that we just kind of only talked about it at home and at the kitchen table. <laughs> like, let's keep it in this safe space. We won't tell a whole lot of people about it and, and it'll be okay. You know what I mean? So it wasn't, we, I was never told don't talk about it or don't tell anybody about it, but there was kind of a, an understanding that it was to be safe. I should only talk about it with family, if that makes sense. What kind of religious tradition were you brought up in? You know, I was actually raised um, in the Methodist church. And then, but what was funny is when my mom and dad separated um, and got a divorce, we moved to a different town and we went to a Southern Baptist church there. So I was actually baptized Southern Baptist. But I would say that um, I've gone to non-denominational churches. I probably, I probably feel like I'm mostly a Methodist. <laughs> but I don't know that I've ever done the exact paperwork. Um, like I know my son actually went through the confirmation and did the paperwork, but he's actually part of the Methodist church. I don't know that that's me right now. And the funny thing is my son, um, our pastor even went to her own church. So she, it was technically non-denominational, but you know, there it is, right? All of the different, which one is right and which one do you go to and what are the right rules and all of that big confusion. Right. Um, so even within my own experience, I've gone to different churches. Um, so I, that's why I just say I'm Christian. I don't know that I can say that I'm Methodist or Baptist or whatever. I just, I just am Christian. <laughs> well, and it comes to, to this place for people who aren't familiar with my story. I was, um, uh, well, I was raised Presbyterian. We went to the Presbyterian for church for the donuts, because if we went to the church and we were good, we would have donuts. So that was, I was right. kind of a nominal Presbyterian. I was there for pastry and and not really much else. And then in my twenties, I um, began attending an Episcopal church and 
moved up through the church there and went to seminary. And it was at about the end of my seminary time. So I was already teaching and preaching and working in churches at the end of my time in seminary. Um, I received a big knowing that I was not on the right path, that this was part of it, but not the whole thing for me. And that is when I stepped out of seminary. So I'm not ordained. It's when I stepped out of seminary and um, started to explore the work that I do now. I've been all wacky like this since I was a kid, too. But I kept it quiet (laughs) because I knew nobody got in my face and said, don't tell people that. I just knew that it I shouldn't say anything. It didn't feel safe to me. Isn't it funny how we just somehow have that feeling or we somehow know? I think my first real experience of not really like feeling like I had to shut it down. I don't even remember what kind of church it was, but I grew up in a very small town. And so like we all went to youth group. I can remember when I was a little kid, like we went to the Catholic church for catechism because there wasn't enough kids to really hold it. If there wasn't the Methodist kids there too, but then they also came to vacation Bible school because it was just, it was something, something really for the kids to do, but also because it was such a small community. So I grew up where things were kind of interblended, but when I was a teenager, I remember going to a youth group, and I don't remember the kind of, like, I don't remember if, what church it was, but there was something in that week of the vacation Bible school for the teenagers or the youth group or whatever it was, and I remember thinking, I better not tell anybody what I see or know, mm-hmm. because there was this, and I don't even remember exactly what it was, but I remember something was brought up about psychics, and I thought, I better just shut this down. Yeah. What do if somebody came up to you and said, how can you call yourself a Christian psychic? It's incompatible. How do you talk to people about the way that those two things go together? Well, that happens all the time. (laughs) I I still have people to this day coming up and telling me that, um, oh, they're going to pray for my soul or that I'm going to hell or, I mean, I've had some nasty stuff like um, where people and it's funny because usually women are the ones that will come up to me and basically tell me that I'm condemned. And what's interesting to me is I I remember when I finally came to terms with, okay, you know what? Obviously, I've always been psychic. I tried shutting it down for the longest time, and all it did was create anxiety. I had panic attacks, like all kinds of things um, by not trying to listen to my guides and angels and the intuition that I had. And it was just not being who I really was. Um, and then I, I think the thing that gets missed is there's so much doctrine and so much dogma that everything gets twisted. Right. And we think we have to live by this set of rules that men have created <laughs> because I mean, really, I, I know that all of the different denominations have different rules and different regulations and different things that they believe. And, Really, at this point in my life now, I feel like it's not any different than, for example, the Church of Christ, who they don't believe in instrumental music. It's all voice only, right? Versus the more charismatic churches like the new churches, where they have a rock band, right? So even within the Christian religion, there's these these ideas of what's right and wrong. And I think the thing with being psychic is knowing that if you really get down into the truth of it, and if you really look into the Bible, it's called prophetic gifts. There's different gifts that we have. Um, the gifts of the Spirit, it's called. But for whatever reason, we're not really taught about those. Um, my first experience with anything even remotely like this would be 
again, I think I was 12 or 13, and I remember going to a Foursquare church, and they believe in talking in tongues. Well, I had no reference <laughs> for that because I was from a prim and proper sit down, be quiet, go to church kind of <laughs> background, right? So it was just Foursquare, and people are like running into the walls, and they're talking in tongues, and they're dancing, and I'm like, oh my God. You know, I, was, I wasn't sure whether to be in shock and awe or horror. I was just like, what is happening here? You know, because I didn't have any reference for it. And so what I what I kind of feel like in my own self is that I know that I love God. I know that the basis of God is love. And I know it's way beyond anything that any of us on this earth will probably ever comprehend. But I've also had that relationship with Jesus from the time I was little. So really for me, the reason that I say that I'm Christian is because I do love Jesus. I do believe that he was real, and I do believe that he came here to teach us. But he came here to teach us so much more than what we're taught in church. Yeah. So it's kind of a convoluted answer, but the best way I can answer it. No, it makes a lot of sense. And you spoke into that a little bit when you were talking about how hard it is even sometimes to pick a denomination. We, as humans, we need to feel that sense of belonging and we find it in I'm in this church and not this church, right? My group doesn't talk to your group or we can have music and you guys can't have music or whatever it is. We, we build our identity sometimes based on those, on those labels. And when something, when it, when it comes time to deal with something like your intuitive gifts, all the labels go out the window because all of a sudden you are connecting. Well, at least as, as I believe in my Christian way, you come into direct connection with that energy of the Holy Spirit that flows through and animates everything and when you get into that space and when you are in the flow like that, all of a sudden those labels start to seem a little chintzy and maybe not as solid as we might have thought. Do you know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Because, and really, even in church, isn't that what we're taught is to be in flow with the Holy Spirit? Right. But not too much because you can't have too much power. And only in this particular way and <laughs> right? only on and Thursdays only, yeah. and only, right. right. And only, yeah. And only the priest can have this kind of connection. I mean, it's, it's all of the stuff that just gets in the way of what I really feel like for me, what I really feel like God wants us all to focus on and, and really what Jesus came to teach us, right? Because it's all about love. And, and, you know, there are some of the other churches that do believe in the prophetic gifts. It's just, I personally didn't have any reference for that because I didn't grow up in a church that talked about spiritual gifts. Right. So I had no way to, the best gauge of I had of being psychic was Sylvia Brown on Montel Williams back in the day. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's really the only thing I knew about being psychic. So, um, and there was no talk of prophetic gifts in, in my upbringing, in my background. Um, not to say it was right or wrong, but like right now there's a church um, in California that teaches about spiritual gifts. Like that's their whole point of their mm-hmm. ministry. So and when, they call it being prophetic instead of psychic. So when you got to that place where that desire to belong, the desire to kind of like go along and try to keep everything underground, when you got to the place where that that came into direct conflict with how spirit was moving in your life, what happened? What did you do? Uh, well, like I said, you know, for the longest time, I tried to shut it down and I just tried to the, the things that I would hear or the, the feelings that I would get, I tried to really just block them out. It was miserable. And then um, I don't even remember how many years ago. It's probably been 10 years ago or better now. I remember just saying, okay, God, you did this to me. Either show me what to do or take it away. Because I had prayed for it to be gone for the longest time because I thought it was a curse, right? So for a long time, I kept praying, 
you know, I don't want to do this anymore. I take it away, whatever. Obviously, that wasn't the right answer because when I finally said, I, you know, I just give up. I surrender it all. Like, I surrender. I'm Show me what you want me to do. And it, it's just been like, boom, like one thing after another has brought me to this place. And even calling myself a Christian psychic, I really resisted that for the first at least three or four years. And, and I kind of hid behind intuitive, you know, the word intuitive instead of saying that I was actually psychic because there's such a dynamic to that word, right? Yep. When really it just means understanding more than what we see in the physical. That's, that's all it is, is just seeing beyond. So I know that a big part of what you do is help people recognize and begin to live into their own authenticity. What changed for you when you started to do that for yourself? Oh, I felt so much relief, right? Um, so much relief, so much freedom. And it's, it's amazing when you just say, okay, you know, show me what I'm, my purpose is. Show me what my authentic being is. And, and it's, it's kind of funny because everybody has their own purpose, right? We're all here for different circumstances. We're all here for different soul lessons. We all came in to experience something different. So I always try to tell people what you've got to do is take away all the expectations and all of the comparison, right? So you don't compare yourself to anybody else. You let go of what he says or she says or what they do or, you know, how she did it. And you just tune into your own self and your own heart, and your own soul and say, what feels good to me and what do I want to do next? And when you do that, there's so much freedom in just living your own authentic self. And I tell people it doesn't matter if it's a bartender or a brain surgeon <laughs> because everything of that dynamic is needed on this planet, right? Because there's so many different things to experience. But when you can truly align with what feels good to you, it, it just really changes everything. And so that's what I, I really want to... Um, most of the clients I work with, that's what we're looking for. Is like, what is it that you're resisting within yourself, really? You're listening to Out of the Fog with Karen Hager, and my guest is Jennifer Lonberg. Her new book is The Secret Experiences of a Closet Psychic. Yes, Christians can be psychic. You can find out more about Jennifer and her work at jenniferlonberg.com. Now, you feel your guides and your angels around you all the time. Do you think that's true for everybody? I think it's probably true for everybody more than anybody believes, <laughs> because I know we all have guides and angels around us. It's just whether or not we're actually tuning in or listening or feeling for it, right? So everybody has, everybody has guides. Everybody has angels around them. It's, it's just, it is. So it's just whether or not you're consciously aware that they're there for you. I know that you do angel readings and, and you offer energy work. When you're connecting in those angel readings, how do you receive and understand angels? I honestly just, I always pray first, and then I ask Jesus and the angels to come in and whatever's in the highest best interest for the client. And, and I, that's the other thing is um, I don't say because I was trained, like, I, I haven't ever taken any formal, like, this is how you do it. I've taken some workshops and classes here and there, but nothing ever, like, strict formal training. So I think the good thing about that is I allow whatever spirit brings through, and I trust whatever happens. And I'll be honest, like, a lot of times each individual healing session is different mm -hmm. because every I just ask spirit 
And I just ask for what to do. Like, I literally just say, okay, what do I do? Show me what, you know, what to do. And so when you're doing the energy healing, of course, you know, I always start out kind of looking at the energetics of the person, the aura, the chakras, like, you know, and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of basic because everybody's kind of built on the same blueprint of what a human is and how they, how their body functions, right? So then it's just looking to see where, where is their energy stuck? Where is it? Whatever. But the healing part of it is almost always different for everyone. And it's a reminder, I think. I love that it's different for you with every person. I experience it that way, too. I've taught intuitive development for a long time, and I think one of the biggest, most important things I teach my students is that it's more about getting out of the way to let spirit speak through you than it is try these three easy steps, turn around three times, cross your fingers, and there you're connected. It's more about how do I get out of the way to let that flow through me? And because it's different for every person, because we don't fit the labels, even the labels that we're so excited to put on ourselves, when you can have an expansive experience, whether you're a brain surgeon or a bartender, whether you or and everything in between, when you can have that expanded experience, then you are more in touch with your own intuition and your own authenticity and your own freedom. That's how that feels to me. Absolutely. That's absolutely the, yeah, <laughs> very well stated. So why are we so scared to get out of our comfort zone? Why do we hide back there with the labels and the limits when, when we could be g- gently opening that closet door? Because it's not just about being a closet psychic. It's about the way you connect with spirit. It's about how big a life you're willing to let yourself have. It's about who you really are. How can we kind of open that door? Well, I think a lot of it is, I mean, just think back to when you're a kid, right? Like, you don't want to be different. You don't want to stick out. You don't want to, I don't know where all this comes from. Like, it's all, it all comes from, I mean, eons of programming, right? Like, and then you have to think about, you know, religious backgrounds and and not, not in a bad way either, but just, there's been so many forms of, like, government, really, you know, and how you should be, like, even even in my daughter, like when she was in, I think, middle school, they take a test and tell you what you're supposed to be when you grow up. Like, how <laughs> dumb is that? Right. Yes. Why don't we say what feels good to you? What would you like to do? Well, what if you try this? And if you like it, great. And if you don't try something else. Right. And I, I'll never forget how devastated she was because she came home and she's like, I'm supposed to be this and I'm never going to make any money. And I'm like, why would you say that? Right. <laughs> why are we? T- and it's so it, even in the schools, like we're taught. um, conform yeah really and and i don't think it's just schools i think it's just humanity in general has been somehow taught to conform and it doesn't matter what background you have or what religion you have or you know what part of the country you came in everybody has their own customs and their own ideas of what people should be and you've said that one of your big goals is to help people know that their divine connection is normal. Can you speak into that? I know that I will occasionally talk to someone who will say, I have this thing. I'm aware of these things. I'd like to get rid of it, please. How can you help Mm -hmm. people realize that that's normal? Well, I think if we all would be really honest with ourselves on some level, we would, we would all probably admit that there's been some experience on some level of something. Yeah, I (laughs) agree. Yeah. And I think if we could just be like, you know what, it's, it's not, it's normal to have those experiences because spirit is all around us. The only thing that's not normal is we're all so afraid to talk about it, you know? And, and again, that's years and years of fear that's built up from generations. So 
who knows where it really came from. And it probably at this point doesn't matter. The thing is just to say, you know, it is normal. You're not, you're not losing your mind. Like spirit is really close right now. And, and especially those that are like in the metaphysical community, we've been talking about ascension and awakening and all these things and how, you know, the vibration of the planet is, is ascending. And so, I mean, everything is becoming a higher vibration. So even if you don't know it, you're being affected. And even if you don't understand it, the spiritual realm is way more accessible and closer than it's ever probably been, at least from my experience. And when we stop struggling and allow ourselves to get out of the way and kind of flow with that experience, whether it's ascension or awakening or even just like self-awareness, self-awakening, when we stop struggling, everything gets easier. Not always pleasant, not always you know, there's hard parts, the ebb and flow, but everything's easier when we let ourselves fall into that alignment. Where am I most at peace? Where am I most finding growth? Where does my curiosity lead me? Where does spirit call me? Mm-hmm. And and you're right. Even So the one thing I want to kind of add on to right there is even in the hard stuff, even in the junk, right? Yeah. Even when you're in the crap, <laughs> like yeah. it's so much easier when you're when you're t- like really in tune with your spiritual connections, your divine nature, whatever you want to call it, if you're, if you're in that place where you're like, okay, I understand there's something in the universe that's bigger than me that I can tap into and feel at peace, even in the midst of this storm. Right. So because life does get hard sometimes, yeah. but even in that part, even in the hard part, it's easier when you can trust your own divine connection. And understand that we're spirit first. I think that's one of the biggest things that we've lost somewhere along the way is that we really are spiritual beings. Like our spirit is what's never ending, right? Right. Oh, my goodness. So, Jennifer, how can people find out about more about your work? How can they reach out to you? Where can they find your book? Um, my books are on Amazon. Uh, my website is a great place to start. And the Facebook community is probably where I have the most interaction with people. So on Facebook, I have a free group, and it's called Embodied Grace Community. And um, so that's, that's one of the best places to just kind of get some, some basic connection and just start being in a safe place to where, because a lot of the people that I work with are Christian and are struggling with, what do I do with these gifts? And why is spirit talking to me all of a sudden? And how do I know if it's, you know, really in the light and all of those kind of things. And so um, the Facebook group is probably the best place because it's an open community of, of a lot of similar people. Um, and then, of course, on my website, you can find out how to make an appointment with me or, you know, get a reading or an energy work session or whatever. I think communities like that are really important because of that desire to belong, that knowing that when you put something out there that it's that it's heard, that there are others going through the same kinds of things. And so it's sometimes when you are willing to step a little past those labels, you find another place to belong, another place. Embodied grace is a really great name for that, too. Yeah, and that, that was my first book, and that's actually kind of what I call my coaching program and everything, because that's what it felt like to me when I finally, when everything finally clicked. You know what I mean? And when I finally surrendered and said, okay, God, what do you have for me? What am I what am I supposed to be doing here? You know what I mean? Why am I having these experiences? What is this gift for? If it's not a curse and it's a gift, show me what it is. And when it finally all came together, 
when I finally quit fighting it, it, that's what it felt like to me was I was finally able to just embody grace and be, and the funny thing is a lot of people are like, Oh, well, you know, how are you talking about that spiritually? It has nothing to do with salvation or anything like that. Like I was talking about grace, like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Like it just, I was finally able to just be graceful in life and let the ebb and flow happen and quit fighting to control everything. Right. So it's that embodying grace in life, like just allowing life to be easy. I love that work and love flowing together, that pull of our earthly path, our, our life's vocation and our vocation and spirit coming together in embodied grace. That's beautiful. Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate what you do. Thank you. I appreciate what you do, too. So this is I'm patting you on the back. Um, virtually. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That is Jennifer Lonberg. Her new book is The Secret Experiences of a Closet Psychic. Yes, Christians can be psychic. You can find out more about that book. It's on Amazon. You can check out her free Facebook community called the Embodied Grace Community and find out more about Jennifer at her website, jenniferlonberg.com. And of course, you're always welcome over at karenhager.com. It's a great place to find out about new classes and upcoming events. You can even book a private session there with me if you're so inclined. And if you have been looking for a way to maybe step out of some of your labels about how you think you can help, how you think you can change the world, I invite you to check out openpeacefulheart.com. That's a place where we uh, host every, the first Sunday of every month, a free 15-minute guided meditation call where people from all over the world come together to focus on peace in our hearts and peace in the world. That's at openpeacefulheart.com. You can make a difference. You matter. Thank you for listening today. Together we are spreading a little more light in the world And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time, I'm wishing you peace.